I'm going to ask you to go to Romans chapter 12. I'm going to go ahead and jump right in. Romans chapter 12. I want to talk to you today about changing the pattern. Changing the pattern. I believe that if 2020 is going to look different than 2019, I believe you've got to change the, the pattern. And uh, that's what I want to talk to you about today. So I'm going to read from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And I'm reading from the NIV if you want to follow along. That's what the Bible says. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. One translation says, This is your reasonable service. In other words, God isn't asking anything unreasonable from you. He's the one who was a dying sacrifice. Come on, we get to be living sacrifices. <laughs> Come on, is there anybody thankful that God has gone ahead and taken the better portion? He has done the harder thing, and what he asks of us is, it's only reasonable. It's your true and proper worship. And he says this, he says, our focus this morning, he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. How many of you want to know what God's will is for your life? Come on, even more and more. How many of you need a little clarity in 2020? You need to see a little bit better. Amen. I want to see His will more and more in my life. So, Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this opportunity to be here. Thank you for allowing us this moment to hear your word. We pray that over these next few moments, you would speak so clear to us that our lives would be forever changed. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. I believe that Romans 12 and 1 very simply is asking of us that we become who we already are. And I want to explain that to you because I believe that you are now, Scripture teaches, sons and daughters of God. That right now, even though you might not feel like it, <laughs> even though uh, you might not have had a week that confirms it, right now you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Not only do you have a seat in this room, but you have a seat right now in heavenly places, the Bible teaches us. And so the goal of following Jesus is to become who we already are. To become who God has already declared us to be. And the Bible teaches that that process is called sanctification. And that process is not only one of faith, like justification. Justification is this, that you were saved by grace through faith, not of works. You've been made right before God. Your position is clear. You've been sealed in that position by the Holy Spirit. No one can pluck you out of God's hand. But something is happening now that you have been justified by faith called sanctification that actually requires your cooperation. You have to begin to obey God to become more and more like God. You have to begin to desire in your heart to be more like Jesus. A lot of people ask me at the beginning of a year, they ask me, so what are your goals for this year? What's your plan for this year? And, and truly, honestly, my, my major goal is that at the end of this year, I'd be a whole lot more like Jesus than I am at the beginning of this year. Come on, is there anybody in the room who just, I mean, there's a lot of stuff we could talk about, but I just simply want to be more like Jesus at the end of this year. I want to simply look like him more, talk like him more, act like him more. So God is just asking of us, I urge you, 
in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies. In other words, this isn't something God can do for you. You have to offer your body as a living sacrifice. And I don't want you, Paul says, to conform to the pattern of this world, but I want you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Colossians 3, one through 10, I wanna read that to you. I think it's a very powerful portion of scripture. It teaches us about our cooperation in our sanctification. It says this, if you then were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Therefore, Put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Isn't that powerful that God has brought us up, but it is our responsibility to walk out. Come on, we talked about this last week. God has raised us up, but it's our responsibility to walk out. Well, God is calling you out, and if 2020 is gonna be any different than 2019, you can't just have a lot of resolve and some great revolu re resolutions. You need to change the pattern. If anything is gonna change in 2020, if 2020 is gonna look different than 2019, you have got to begin to change the pattern. See, we have a problem, and we have a problem called our mind. And not only is our mind finite, but our mind is also fallen. Not only is our mind limited in its, its ability, but it is also a fallen mind. It, it is at enmity with God. It is at war with God. It is against God. Listen, I want you to understand something in this room. When people get to heaven, they're not gonna get to heaven and be able to walk into heaven and spend eternity with Jesus because they were really, really good. And other people are going to get there, and they're not going to get to spend eternity with Jesus because they were really, really bad. That's not how this works. Matter of fact, there aren't any good people. Jesus clarified. He says, there is no one that is good, not even one. I know you thought your little fluffy, your little poo-poo, your little boo-bear, your little baby boo-boo, your little schmooky was the best one that ever was created. But even that three-year-old needs Jesus. Can somebody say Amen. There is nobody that is good. There's a popular teaching in the church today that, that down deep inside of you, somewhere in the recesses of your heart, there's something good. No, there isn't. Before you come to Christ, you hate God. You are at war with God. God said before you come to him, you are an enemy of God. You want your own way? You want to do your own thing? You don't want anything to do with God. Some of you in this room think you are actually looking for God. <laughs> no, you're not the one who seeks and saves. The Bible says he is the one who seeks and saves that which was, you were lost. 
weren't looking for him. He was looking for you. Is there anybody in the room grateful that my salvation did depend on my ability to find God, but his ability to seek and save me? Nobody's good. Nobody, nobody, nobody comes to God and says, you know, my mind is a little bit better than so-and-so. No, nobody's good. Everybody's mind is corrupt. That's why when we come to God, we must begin by renewing our mind. Any real transformation that's gonna happen in your life begins with renewal, repair, restoration of the mind. So our mind is not just finite, it's fallen. It has a spirit. It has a bent. It has a mindset. So not only do you have a mind, you have a mindset. Ephesians 4, 21 through 24 says, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and you be renewed in the spirit, what's that, of your mind. Your mind has a spirit. Your mind has a way of operating. Your mind has, has software and hardware, and it, it works in such a way that it is, it is not only creative, but it is practical. It, 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 is, it is a powerful thing that God has given us, but it's fallen. Yes. It's fallen, and it needs restoration. The enemy doesn't mind today, by the way, that you're free. He just doesn't want you to live like you're free. He doesn't really even mind that you physically get out. He just doesn't want you to get out in your head. As a matter of fact, when the children of Israel left Egypt, Pharaoh said, hey, you can go, but don't go too far. I don't care that you're not here. I just want you to be so close that I can play mind games with you for the rest of your life. I want to, even though you're free, convince you every single day that you're not. I want to, even though you're free, I want to convince you that the problems you have are permanent. I want to convince you that this is your story and there is no changing it. I want to convince you that your decisions are going to become your destiny. I want to convince you that your, your history has everything to do with what God wants to do in your life. I want to convince you that you are below and not above. I want to convince you that you are the tail and not the head. I want to convince you that you are overcome, not an overcomer. I just want to tell you this morning that if you can get your mind out, your life will follow your mind. You can even be bound physically, but if you get your mind out, you are truly free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. That goes to people who are in prison. That goes to people who are in bad situations. That goes for people who are in dead-end jobs. If your mind is out, God says you're free. If I set you free, you are free indeed. It doesn't matter if your physical location changes. All that matters is that you are free in your mind. Ooh, that's good. That's good. So this year, 2020, isn't going to be determined by my circumstances. It's going to be determined by my mindset. Because I cannot promise you. I can't get up here and say... 
hey, this is going to be the best year of your life. Can't do that. It's going to be your best year. And then all of a sudden, you start getting reports that you didn't plan on. You lose a job that you thought was going to be there. A kid gets sick. A family member is diagnosed with a disease. You, you don't know what's going to happen to you in 2020. I have no idea what is going to happen to you in 2020, but I can promise you this, that no matter what you go through, you will not be alone. You will not be forsaken. You will not be abandoned, but God will be with you every single step of the way. That's why we need to go ahead and rejoice right here on the first Sunday of the year, because I don't know how good or bad life is going to be this year, but I know that God is good and that God is faithful. And even if I go through some crazy things, whom the Son sets free. He's free. I'm free. I'm free. So significant transformation in my life starts with the repair and the renewal of my mind. See, you can change. You can change. It can be different. But the pattern has to change. Romans 12 is very clear. He says, you need to stop conforming to the pattern of this world. Conforming is not the problem. The problem is the pattern. We were designed to conform. We were designed to imitate. We are an image after all. We were created to imitate. We were created to imitate the thing that is in front of us. The problem is what's in front of us. Problem is not that we conform. The problem is the pattern. See, the Bible teaches us in Romans that we are, we are, when we give our life to Christ, that our major calling is to be conformed into the image, the pattern of Christ. So conforming is the problem. The pattern is the problem. Why is the pattern so significant? Because what I look at, what I behold, determines what I become. I am, by nature, an image bearer. I am a reflector. I am not the main thing. I am a reflector. Do you hear me? We were made in the image of God. The image of God. We are, we are images. We are, we are reflections of God. We were not designed to be the main thing. The main thing is God. We were designed to reflect. And we reflect whatever's standing in front of us. So in order for 2020 to look different, I need to change what's standing in front of me. Because I become what I behold. To conform means to fashion yourself in the likeness of something or someone. So whatever is in front of me, I'm, I'm imitating. So I, that's why the apostle said, follow me, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Because you're an imitator. Your life is following the pattern. It, it's why you go into a subdivision and all the houses look the same. It's why, if you ever notice when you get a car, you start to notice everybody has that car. It's a pattern. You follow, whether you like it or not, you follow patterns. If you get up in an airplane, you look down on the earth and you realize this is not a bunch of chaos. There is a design to even the cities and the streets and where the power supply is and where the water, there's, there's a pattern. 
We were made in a image. We were designed to reflect. So 2020 is gonna be different than I have to change what I'm in front of because, or what's in front of me because what's in front of me is who I'm acting like. No wonder, no wonder you're so insecure. Your image is wrong. The pattern is wrong. You're looking at the wrong thing for security. Young girls today, young men today. No wonder, no wonder we, we filters are popular because the only way for us to look like what's on the magazine and the only way for us to look like what's in the movies is to put a filter like they do. So we, we mimic, we mock. If you're petty, it's because you, you watch petty. Yeah, yeah. If you lie, it's because you watch liars. If you cheat, it's because you watch cheaters. If you, if you go into the prisons, you will notice a pattern with every person that commits violent crimes. There is a connection to images. Why? Because I start to reproduce what I see. So I have to change what I'm looking at. Paul said it this way. He said in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, he said, As we behold the glory of the Lord, we are changed into his very own image from glory to glory. In the same way that we are changed into his image when we look at him, it's the same thing that happens to us when we take our eyes off of him. That's why the Bible says, keep your eyes on Jesus. Set your eyes on Jesus. Set your face. Set your eyes. The Bible says, set, set, set. Why? Because I have to continually, constantly be looking at Jesus. Because once my eyes get off Jesus, I start to mimic something that I was never designed to mimic. And I'll get on social media and think my life is supposed to look like yours. But God didn't give me your life. He gave me my life. And I was never intended to reflect your image. I was intended to reflect the image of heaven. Come on, is there anybody grateful today that my life isn't being compared or analyzed by your life? But I'm to reflect his life. Whew. Psalm 16 and 8, Psalmist says, I have set the Lord always before me. What is always before you? Now, I'm going to say some things, and this is going to sound for a couple minutes like you are a young person again, and you are sitting in a youth service, and your youth pastor is yelling at you over the movies you watch. But that is not what I'm trying to do today. That is, that is not what I'm trying to do. I, I, do, I do think that we need to get back to some of the old kind of movements, those kind of revival movements. You remember when you go to youth camp, you get so convicted, you go home and you burn all your CDs and you throw all your, you go through your DVD collection, you throw a bunch of stuff out, you have a hard reset in your life. And do you remember when the, the reason we burned it is because if we threw it in the trash can, we just go pick it back up out of the trash can. Where did I put that biggie CD? Where did I, it was in, did I put it in a bathroom trash can? Put it. So I'm not trying to, this is not legalism. I'm not here, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to get into your home and go through your DVD collection or your, you know, your, your uh, digital collection or your Netflix. I don't, I'm not, I don't want you to send me your Hulu history like I'm not interested. 
What I am telling you, though, is there is something to what we set before our eyes. The Bible teaches us that we should always have the Lord before us. Does that mean we can't watch Netflix? We can't watch Hulu? We can't go to the movies? That's not what that means. It's just when we do, is the Lord premier? Is the Lord the primary thing in our focus? Because if the Lord is, for us to, for us to take part in anything that Ephesians or Corinthians or Romans says these, these, are, these are behaviors that you need to put away. For us to be entertained by those behaviors, we're forced to take our eyes off the Lord. Because I can't keep my eyes on the Lord and fornication at the same time. Ah, Jesus. Ah, I can't keep my eyes on the Lord and that person's body. Is that too, is that too real? Is that, is that too real? Is, is, that, is that too real? I can't keep my eyes on Jesus. <laughs> and I, I want to say it so bad. I can't keep, I, I, I just want to start naming names, but I, I can't do that because I'm not, I'm not a legalist. I'm not a legalist. I, I'm not even a youth pastor anymore. I'm a, I'm a senior pastor now. Like I'm, I, but I, there are some things I just can't keep my eyes on the Lord always and this. That sounds so old-fashioned, but that's so Bible. That's so Bible, isn't it? There's no way around it. We, we're, we have to make God in our image to get around that. The only way we can look at that and look at God at the same time is to make God our image. And that's where they went wrong in Romans. The Bible said they started to worship the Creator rather than the, create, the created, rather than the Creator, and their lives just went off track. So in 2020, I can't just say, it's going to be my best year. I got to change the pattern. <laughs> Psalm 27 and 4, he says, all I want to do is dwell in his house, gaze upon his beauty, seek his temple, seek him in his temple. Psalm 119, 37 says, turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Job 31, Job understood this. Job said in Job 31, 31, or 31 and 1, he said, I've made a covenant with my eyes. Job 31 and 7, he says this. He's, he says, just, just to, to kind of clarify, he says that whatever my eyes behold, my heart goes after. He says, my heart walked after my eyes. I can't do anything about it. My heart follows my eyes. Wherever my gaze falls, I follow. Wherever my look stops, I follow. So I've got to change what I'm looking at. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse three through five say, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. First of all, you gotta recognize something about 2020. Same thing was true in 2019. You're in a war. You're in a fight. This is the fight of your life. The, the argument with your coworkers is not the fight of your life. Even the disagreements you're having and the fights you're having with your spouse, they're not the fight. That is not the fight of your life. 
The fight of your life is the spiritual war that is being waged. Whether you want to participate or not, it's happening. There's a war for your eyes. There's a war for your heart. There's a war for your mind. There's a war for your soul. And here's the thing about the war is you have weapons. My, my, my sons play this game and, and Aaliyah plays this game. Chloe's played it, but she's like me. She's very terrible at it. This game called Fortnite. And uh, in Fortnite, you, ju- you get dropped out of a flying bus and you get dropped. Maybe it's changed. I don't know. It was a bus when I was playing. You get, you get dropped into an island with, with 99 other people. And when you land on the island, the first thing you have to do is you have to start looking for a weapon because you can be the best player in the whole game, but if you land by a noob and they get the weapon first, a noob, a person that's like new to the game. Just clarify. I'm, I know the lingo. Sorry, I have to remember there's all ages represented here. But, but if, you, if you land beside and, and they pick up the weapon first, you're done. I need you to understand this. You're in a war, but you have access to the weapons. You're not without weapons. You're not without weapons. Here's the issue. Do you know how to use them? Do you, do you know how to use them? Because in 2020, I would, I would encourage you to get familiar with the weapons of your warfare. Because if not, one of the problems Judah told me is I landed, I got a shotgun, and I was shooting at somebody that was about 100 yards away, and it wasn't doing anything. I was like, why is this not doing it? He's like, Dad, it's a shotgun. It's, it's an up-close weapon. You gotta know how to use the weapon. So it's, it's one thing to have them. It's another thing to know how to, to use them. Do you know how to use? Let me give you really quickly five weapons for 2020. And I'm gonna use a pattern to give you these weapons. The Bible says this. Here's a pattern for renewal, a pattern for revival. You want things to change. You want the pattern to change in 2020. Here's a pattern. Second Chronicles 7 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will hear their land. Let's talk about the first one, humility. Here's a new pattern for 2020. Come into 2020 and say, God, I have no answers. I need you. So I humble myself before you. God, I am not, I, I'm not bringing you my education. I'm not bringing you my experience. Matter of fact, I'm coming to you in 2020. I'm coming to you as someone who is ignorant and unlearned. One of the reasons we can't get things out of the Bible is because we come to the Bible with our own knowledge. You can't come to the Bible with your mind. You have to come to the Bible with an empty mind. Emptied out. I want to see you for who you are. I don't want to come with my preconceived ideas. I don't want to come with my religion. I don't want to come at you and study you from my denomination. I want you to tear down all of that. Humility. Second thought, prayer. We're starting. If you, if you want it to end on Wednesday, you need to start your time of prayer and fasting for 10 days. If you want to do the full 10 days, you need to start sometime today for it to end on Wednesday. If you start on Monday, then it actually will be over on Thursday. So if you want it to end, start, start sometime tonight, like after you s- stop eating, like after dinner, seven o'clock, I'm done. And then you can finish at 7 p.m. on 
the, that Wednesday on the 15th. So a lot of us are, are starting tonight. Prayer, prayer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna seek the Lord. I need answers in 2020. I'm gonna seek him in prayer. And then he says, if my people who call, humble themselves, pray, seek my face. Seeking his face has to do with two things, his word and worship. His word and worship. Psalmist said, I just wanna, I just wanna sit here at your feet to look at you, to honor you, to worship you, and to learn from you. So I seek him by going to his word and worship. And then all of this really is summarized, the culmination of this moment, this encounter with God of my prayer life, of my study, of my seeking, of my worship. It all culminates into this. The desired outcome is not a, a feel good. It's not a goosebump. The desired outcome of, of you coming to church is not that you would feel good or leave the room saying, man, I feel better about myself. No, the desired outcome that God has for when you come to church is repentance. God, I, wanna, I want you, to, I want you to, to show me something that changes the way I think about what I've been doing, how I've been living, how I've been seeing things. And so I do that. I do that, why? To break down the strongholds. You stand on your feet with me? I do that to break down strongholds. Strongholds are literally fortresses that we have developed. We have, we have built walls around ways of thinking that we've got to tear down. We gotta tear them down, we cast them down, we, we cast them down. These are systems of thought that, that war against us and war against the people we love and war against those that are lost. The, the uh, New English translation says these are arrogant obstacles. The ESV, the English Standard Version says these are lofty opinions. The Amplified Bible says that these are sophisticated arguments in every exalted and proud thing that prevent people from knowing God. Humility, prayer, his word, worship, repentance. These are not just how we know about God. These are how we know God. See, in 2020, I'm not just looking for more knowledge. Intellect alone is not going to dismantle the idols and the images that are in my life. I need a relationship with God. I need, I need to replace. I can't just, see, that's what we've done so wrong in Christianity. We've been taking so much stuff. You can't do that, you can't do that, you can't see that, you can't say that. You can't. And it's like, okay, but I'm left with what? Listen, if you're gonna take things, there are things the Bible says you cannot do, but you need to replace them with something that you can do. Come on, there is actually so much that you can do. So I don't just take, I don't just stop, I, I, I start something different. I replace that bad habit with a new habit. I replace that pattern with a new pattern. So in 2020, I'm gonna submit everything I think I'm gonna submit my ideas. I'm gonna submit my worldview. I'm gonna submit my viewpoints. I'm gonna submit my politics to God. And I'm gonna ask God, God, let your word dismantle everything in me, every idol in me, every image in me that is not you. When you look at the Old Testament, there's so much, so much destruction before renewal or the revival would happen, there's so much destruction. God would call the new king or the prophet to tear down all of the idols. And they would, they would tear the idols and they would, they would go up to the high places and they would tear down the idols that people had set up and exchanged worship for God with worship of images. Aren't you thankful for a God that doesn't sit in a bronze statue up here on a stage 
that we made with our own hands. Aren't you thankful that those that worship him must worship him, the Bible says, in spirit and in truth? Amen. I'll share this with you and then I'll let you go. 1 Samuel 5, the Philistines had captured the ark of God. The Bible says they take the ark and they put it in a temple with another God. His name was Dagon. And while the ark is in this temple with Dagon, the Bible says they come back the next morning. And when they get back the next morning, Dagon has fallen flat on his face and he's in, he's in a worship position of the ark. The ark contained God's word and God's glory. Yes. Contained 10 commandments and the glory of God. It was a carrier. It wasn't to be worshiped. It carried what was worshiped. Do you understand? It, it wasn't an image. It carried the image. It, it's, I don't have time. But, but watch what happens. They, they have to pick Dagon back up and set him back on his place. There's, there's, there's something you just need to pay attention to right there. If you have to pick your God up and put him back in his place, then he's no God at all. So anyhow, they put him back. They come back the next morning, and, and he's fallen on his face again. But this time, his hands are cut off, and the top is cut off. The, the only part that remains, he, Dagon looked like half man, half fish. His top was man. His lower part was fish, almost like a mermaid kind of figure. And the Bible says that that next morning, he was fallen on his face again. But this time, he had been cut in half, and his, his hands were missing. I, wanna, I want to encourage you with this. In 2020... If you want the idols and the images to change, if you want everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God in your life to change, make yourself available to the presence of God, to the word of God. Come on, get, get around the ark. Get around the word of God and the presence of God and watch as every idol, every image just starts to fall in your life by virtue of the fact that you are just around Jesus. That's why, that's why the New Testament tells us, it says, hey, remain in me and I'll remain in you. And if every branch that remains in me, you will bear much fruit. You'll just bear fruit just by virtue of being around me. Just by being connected to me, you're going to do better than you did before. Just by being in my presence, you're going you're to think better than you've thought before. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we're asking you to help us change the pattern in 2020. We want a different year. We need a different pattern. God, let us make a decision today that our eyes are going to always be on you, that you are going to ever and forever be before us, and that as we look into your images, we look to you, as we keep our eyes on you, we will be changed into that image from glory to glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Come on, can we put our hands together and bless the Lord? Hallelujah.